So we're starting to see shopping and immersive experiences being integrated on the technical aspect of things. And if you're not ready, you'll be last to the game. Welcome to Cut to the Crypto, brought to you by Unstoppable Domains. I'm Tony Karen Brown, and I'm your host. This is a show for the curious minds with big questions about crypto, but who aren't quite crypto experts yet. Each week, I pick a question and connect with an expert who can help provide an answer for us. This is your 15 minutes of crypto, asked and answered. Hello, today I'm joined by Anina Nett. Anina, welcome and thank you for joining me. So great to be here. Two redheads on a podcast. It's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. That's exactly the right thing to say. Anina, you are the CEO and founder of 360 Fashion Network. We've covered on this podcast series so many different aspects. We've covered, you know, crypto and Web3 and politics and finance and media and gaming and motorsports. And it felt right and important that we also tackle a little bit fashion and the fashion space and have a look at this with that lens as well. And you very much focus at the, that intersection of technology and fashion. And I think it's a mission that you've been pursuing for over a decade now. And you've also been on the mission, I believe, to encourage more women to get into the field of technology. And most recently, and I have to say congratulations, you were named as one of the 100 unstoppable women in Web3. So congratulations with that. But with all of that aside and looking into that, you felt like the absolute right person to talk with and to dig into what's happening in fashion with regards to crypto and Web3. And to give a little bit of context, I found that the most simplistic way to think about crypto and Web3 and how it's potentially the next frontier for fashion was to think about it as, as humans, we are spending more and more time online. And as the saying goes, we will spend our money where we spend our attention and our time. And so as we spend more time online, we'll start to spend our money there as well. And we're going to look for ways to showcase who we are, what we like, and that is going to come and include all of these little fashion elements. And then I also came across the concept that really stumped me, which was this concept of D2A, which essentially means direct to avatar. And so just like we've been focusing in the previous years on this idea of direct to consumer, we've now got this idea of direct to avatar. And we've also seen many brands try new things in this space. And some of it feels like they had some marketing budget that they had to spend, but some of it definitely felt like they're trying to elaborate on this space and they're trying to see what works and what doesn't. And so what I'm sat here with today and thinking about is what does a winning strategy look like for brands today in the fashion space in terms of innovating and embracing this new space, which is Web3 and crypto? So what have you seen work in the work that you do, Anina? Right. So when I'm, for example, consulting with fashion brands, first I take into consideration, are they a small, medium or large brand? Because those all have different budgets and they also have different needs. So let's just go from the top sort of down because the top tier can use sort of all of the technologies, right? And it's question of what is the most priority? When we think about top brands, obviously one of the most 
priorities is sustainability, right? Because as we know, fashion is one of the largest polluters and one can get tax credits, one can get points back, CSR, and so much good can come from using blockchain, for example, to reduce your waste. And another way to do that is by, you know, large brands having these large um, warehouses that have been, you know, by paper manually cataloged what they have. And oftentimes they don't even know what extra bolts of fabric they have. And so, for example, Queen of Raw is using blockchain technology to uh, compare what their remnants are and putting them on a marketplace and then quantifying that uh, through their algorithm to then be able to give that data back to the brands that then they can use in the various different ways uh, to get uh, the, as I mentioned, tax credits or to get CSR, to be able to show physical proof, immutable proof, right? That they are actually making steps towards saving so and so many liters, et cetera. They also get revenues back because they're selling their overstock fabric that's just sitting there that they're not using or they're deciding to use it themselves because they didn't even know it was there, right? And so that's one of the biggest impacts that the blockchain can make in terms of sustainability. Secondly, of course, logically speaking, again, all three categories can start investing in creating 3D patterns and using ways to create their designs in 3D. So for example, we have 12 robotic dresses. And I thought, I just look and I have all these paper patterns with bazillions of tiny little parts. And I thought, okay, I'm going to digitize this. And then I'm going to create a digital twin of the dress. Because right now, you know, it's quite difficult to have a large showcase of dresses and there's not a lot of events going on and so on. But now I can take those robotic dresses, duplicate them and put them in the metaverse. And I can showcase our work using virtual, right? In many of the online showcase opportunities that trade shows are allowing in 3D. I can even create with A-Frame or Web3 I can create on my website a 3D space that can be viewed then in VR. So that's, I think, one of the biggest things, biggest shifts happening in the Web3 movement is before, you know, we had a 2D website. We have X and Y. But now we have X, Y, and Z, right? We have websites that can work on the Z axis, right? So you're, what you're going to see in terms of websites is that now we can go in and navigate and move around using A-Frame, your website. And so we're building, for example, for 360 Fashion, a, you know, Web3 website. You know, in the past, you would scroll up and down, right? And then you click on things and you go in. But now you'll be able to go into the 360 Fashion world. You'll be able to still learn about our services. You'll still see our products, but you'll be able to do that using the Z axis, and you'll be able to go in. A lot of car companies are using that now and putting their cars in 3D, right? And then you click on it and you can see all the different specializations. Well, imagine if that was a clothing item and you could zoom in 
and see the stitching and the knit and the pattern and then turn the object or move around it and have an actual showcase, right? And that's all possible right now. And then instantaneously, it even allows people with VR headsets to go to your website and see it. And then again, like let's say for medium to small brands, I would say augmented reality is key. If you don't have a web AR strategy allowing your clients to see your clothing or your accessories, specifically accessories, we have wireless charging wallets, for example, right? For women in like multiples of style. And if you go to the Amina 2049 website, you'll see that we've put a simulator on the site where you can turn the wallet around in 3D, you can click on it in the different colors, and you can scan a QR code, and then the item can be brought into your environment, and you can actually see the object, the, the wireless charging wallet on your table, right? And what does this do? This creates fewer returns, higher engagement, because they're actually sitting there for five minutes or three minutes playing around with your object, getting a feel for the size and the shape. And, and these things help buyers to really imagine what that item looks like. And then uh, I would say what we're doing more on the experimental side. So I would say that all brands need to be experimenting right now. There isn't really the one answer, but we can take clues, for example, from Instagram, who now is rolling out the ability to shop inside of, you know, filters. You are seeing that also TikTok is going into VR. They're buying headsets. You're seeing, of course, Meta is going full on into the metaverse, and then they're enabling the Facebook shops to be tied to those VR experiences. So we're starting to see shopping and immersive experiences being integrated on the technical aspect of things. And if you're not ready, you'll be last to the game and you will also not be speaking to the Gen Z customers who will have a longer life cycle with your brand to, you know, fall in love, engage, shop, and buy and become, you know, loyalists. So if you're already making these experiments, you're attracting a younger, more tech-savvy audience, right? That that one retention of that customer will stay longer, right? And then secondly, they'll also have influence on older customers because it's oftentimes the younger generation that then helps the older generation to, you know, know how to do things. You know, you're showing your mom or your grandma how to do stuff. And those are, you know, high demographic shoppers, right? And if they're, you often find that if the child is recommending a brand to the, you know, more viable shopper, you find again that, that then they are more interested in that brand themselves, even though they may not have the habitude of, you know, using these new technologies. And, and primarily, I would say the biggest problem in e-commerce is fit. And if you can use a 3D avatar that can then change shape, right? And you can show your customer's body type, what it will look like in the clothing. Again, there's like a, 
I don't know the exact percentage, I think it's 19 or 30% increase in sales if you can show what the item will look like in the body type of the person who is your customer, your end customer. So again, augmented reality, blockchain technology, and then let's not forget the crypto. You know, all the governments would not be sitting here regulating something that is just going to poof, go away. So if you're not already accepting crypto for smaller items, if you if you don't want to dive in and have people pay for large scale items because you're worried about perhaps the volatility of the, of the item, you know, make it available for a special edition items that you create for a customer subset that you feel will will resonate, you know, with this type of item uh, that may be a more young demographic or that might be a crypto-centered graphic, someone who's buying lots of NFTs and stuff. Create something special for them that resonates with them and then offer it for sale using crypto, right? And as we know, with unstoppable domains, you know, you can easily create a domain that you you give the URL to people, and then they can pay for things. And then there are also systems that you can integrate with your e-commerce that allows people to pay in crypto. And so I would start making experiments with a limited edition, or with uh, smaller sale items where you you can experiment with the volatility aspect of it and get comfortable with it and understand the customer that is, you know, coming to you with those special items, right? And I love what you've shared there, Nina, because basically what I'm hearing from you, the two big takeaways, regardless of those like free pillars and free types of things in the fashion space to be aware of is this idea that it's still so early. So now's the time to experiment and try things. And some of it will work, some of it won't, some of it will work, but in a different way that you might have initially thought. So I love that idea of just like keep experimenting and start small and scale it up if it works. But the second piece that I loved, which you shared there, which is if you as a brand, you're not understanding it, you're maybe not understanding the next generation that is buying these products right now. And so what I love about this is thinking about that diversification of your end user and end customer. And to your point, if you're, you know, looking at that next generation that's shopping and that have these like social first approach and that's shopping direct from TikTok and direct from Instagram, they will be talking about that with their parents. So it's interesting to see the habits fluctuate from one generation to another. But I love this idea that I keep bringing up when people say, I just don't see it. And I'm like, well, maybe it's not for you. Because I think that's the whole thing that I found interesting with Web3 and crypto is breaking down those barriers to invite more people. And so maybe that's the last thing I wanted to touch upon with you, Anino, is it sounds like, and I may be wrong here, but it sounds like with everything that you've shared here, there's an opportunity maybe to bring more people into this fashion space and allow for more buyers and different types of buyers because the entry points seem endless, really, listening to you talk. Well, for example, when I'm consulting with tech companies, because I consult with a lot of large-scale tech companies that are not or don't have any idea how to engage with the retail or fashion industry or how to leverage fashion with their technology, right? And a big space there is VR. So 
in order for us to understand, I mean, my company, we, we have a very long history with AR and VR since 2010. We were one of the first to combine fashion, AR and VR together. But we're creating a VR fashion game, right? And you would you might think like, oh my gosh, what does that have to do with, you know, gaming and fashion? Well, again, through this experimentation on our own side, coming up with what is a fashion game? How do you make it fun? You know, what is the language that we use? And then how can it be leveraged? For brands, either that they could come into our fashion game and display their items, or as we're starting the game, we're using all of our items. So you'll be able to experiment with our items, right? And so through this whole process, I've had to think clearly about what makes a game fun, what could make it available to everyone. So for example, we're not just doing it on VR, but we're also going to produce it as a PC game, right? For Mac and PC so that, you know, you can experience it as a a game that you can play with other people, right? And so I think that's the key about the metaverse is that we can experience these things together. And what could be more cool than a mom, a dad, a, an older person, right, a grandma, gaming with their young daughter or super fashionable son on the PC, right, in an environment that they understand. Like fashion is a common language uh, that many people can understand. So that allows then for deeper connections for those generations to be bridged, right? Because everyone can game, everyone can have fun, and everyone can play together, right? It's just that now, maybe before we would play a physical game or board game, which I still play, but now we can also play at distance, we can play together on the computer. And that's generally now where the young generation is, you know, staying. So those two, those generations can be bridged through the PC or Mac and VR gaming together. So I'm excited to bring this game out. It'll be a first. There are no fashion games. So talk about diversity and inclusion, you know, and we talk about, you know, there should be more women in Xbox VR. But not only that, there should be more topics rather than just Beat Saber or shooting games, right? Like, can we, as women, think of other ways to game and have fun? And it doesn't necessarily have to be fashion. It's just that we have a lot of fashion stuff, and I'm, I'm in love with fashion. That's it. That's the angle that you chose, which, again, is, is, is a piece that I love. It, this has just like opened my eyes into also the last thing that I will share here, which it really is. It's not a question of abandoning the traditional way of doing things and like running and going all in on crypto and Web3, but it's an, about adding to the mix, to your point. Like you don't have to abandon traditional board games and just focus on PC games. You can do both. Oh, and I want to say that, for example, with a PC game or a VR game, those can all be brought back into your retail environment, right? And as we know, the retail landscape is changing, right? Stores are no longer places where you just go to browse through tons of stuff. Actually, you want to go to a store and have an experience. So imagine if the mom is shopping and then 
The kids are playing on the video console, the fashion game, and still experiencing the products in their language. So again, it's not just an online experience. These things can be brought back into the retail environment and everything can be integrated. And I guess that's the biggest thing that, that I've had the most experience with is how do we bring the AR into the retail environment? How do we bring the blockchain into the tags, for example, on the clothing? How do we bring this experience of gaming back into the retail environment? Because today so many brands have invested in their physical stores. And as we open up, more people want experiences. Like, how do you embrace both? Um, and to your point, in a, I don't want to say a post-pandemic world because we're not quite there yet, but to your point, we want to have those experiences back. And so what can that look like, which is exciting to think about? So the investment now is not going to become irrelevant later, right? That is the main point. They can be used online and offline. That's a phenomenal sentence to end on, actually, Anina. That's like good words of wisdom right there. Anina, thank you so much for spending the time with me today and educating me a little bit on that intersection of, of tech and, and fashion. I appreciate your insights. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear all the other podcasts and get to more insight there too. Thank you again for doing the series. Amazing. Thank you. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you for sticking around to the end and I hope you enjoyed today's guests as much as I did. If you've got big crypto questions, send them our way and we'll attempt to get them answered for you. And for the more seasoned crypto investors and enthusiasts, do go check out our weekly podcast, The Unstoppable Podcast, to learn more about the latest innovations in Web3, NFTs, and the decentralized web. 